This podcast is proudly part of the Kaiju Ramen Podcast Network. If you'd like to check out more Kaiju and Tokusatsu goodness, go to kaijuramenmedia.com. Standing by. Complete. Shinman, a podcast that celebrates Japanese superheroes and their high-flying and high-kicking adventures. In this installment, we will be discussing Kamen Rider, episodes 94 and 95. Truth behind Gel Shocker's leader. Geru Shoka, Shuryo no Shotai. Barely surviving their fight with the Shocker Riders, Hongo and Hayato train with Tachibana to develop a new technique to defeat their enemies. Meanwhile, a new Kaijin, Slug Shroom, is sent by Gel Shocker under the guise of the Anti Shocker Alliance's leader to liberate the captured Ray Poimoff and retake the computer tape. Yeah, tape. With the identity of the evil organization's leader. Can the double riders overcome these impossible odds? This title is a lie! <laughs> no kidding! <laughs> Why do you lie to me, show? Why? <laughs> I got about halfway through this episode, and I'm thinking, you know what? They're really holding off telling us who the leader is. Wait a minute. Who could they tell us the leaders is and it actually mean anything at this point? Is it going to be secretly Taki or somebody like that? <laughs> that is would be Chaco so trying to be Gal Shocker's leader? <laughs> they, they've really given us no idea who the actual... There's no way they're actually going to tell us this at this point. We're, so, we're, we're so close to the end. That that's the thing you hold off to the last episode anyway <laughs> at this point. So this is I knew halfway through this is going to be a lie. <laughs> not only, not unless you're replacing again. General Black. Right. They obviously aren't. <laughs> they keep teasing it, teasing it, teasing it. And, and, and then and they, they never do it. Got, at this point, because, yes, I've watched ahead. They're probably not going to tell us until the final, final episode. <laughs> Actually, well, that's assuming they tell us at all in the final, final episode. But good grief. <laughs> so what little I know about how that last episode goes, because I have not watched it yet. I only know from watching a movie somehow. I won't tell you how I watched this movie that was made during the drive common rider drive era where they actually dealt where where they dealt with like a shocker again because it was like the 50th anniversary i think of common rider i could be wrong on that more like the 40th i think maybe i don't remember but uh they showed a clip from that last episode so i take i think i technically have seen gel shockers leader okay okay don't, don't tell me what a thing. i've been able to avoid spoilers but Here's the other thing that was a, a surprising for you, I know. <laughs> this first episode wraps up the big story arc that they've been doing. This is, go, this I, is the I, longest story arc, and uh, like honest, individual story arc in the entire I, show. 
Yes, and I honestly thought this is going to go all the way to the last episode. It has to. Why would you stop this four episodes before the end? <laughs> Look, I am not a I am a writer in the most basic sense, in the fact that I have written scripts for my own use <laughs> that nobody but me has to read. But I know you don't. You know you should. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. Has the caffeine that. not kicked in yet, or are you just so enraged right now? I'm just saying, if you're gonna start this, you should start. You shouldn't. You should move it closer to the end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have, the, the, the next three episodes, the next two episodes after this, should have been before. Right, probably that, because we just that get is all two, I'm saying. Because we just get two. Okay, since we both watched ahead, just to let everybody know. <laughs> you get two more just run-of-the-mill episodes and then a two-part finale for the show right and it's it is a little bit of a weird decision i'm guessing it might just have to do with order of production and maybe this <laughs> is so you know they had to make the show fast so but this one is, opens up with a payoff for uh, the immediate cliffhanger from the previous episode. So double writers versus shocker writers. Or as I like to call them, evil writer, sentai, shocker writer. <laughs> I may have to try to meme that if I can. <laughs> <laughs> and guess what, people? They have missile fingers. Ah! Just like. Uh, the dragon sword who's sentai counterpart i can't remember the name of dragon caesar dragon caesar because i keep wanting to call him king caesar no that's a different kaiju <laughs> no, a different that's a different franchise <laughs> uh, and i, I mean, remember that and i remember yeah. that because i just finished Zhu ranger for the power trip <laughs> that's such a fun show <laughs> Uh, a hot take possible hot take i guess i actually like die ranger more but <laughs> I'm not saying, but I haven't finished Die Ranger at the moment. This is not the Sentai podcast. That's your other podcast. (laughs) But uh, I hadn't watched all of the Die Ranger. But anyway, yeah. But but anyway, but anyway. So he got missile fingers, and I, I mean, I enjoy the the opening fight here, especially since it's like a lot of Common Rider episodes where Common Rider suffers from Gamera syndrome. Mm-hmm. He loses the first time and then comes back and wins <laughs> in a second round. <laughs> I thought that was how all the Japanese structured their fight scenes for these episodes because it's always ain't powering. Sentai is always ah, oh, we fought the monster at the beginning. Now uh, we, we hadn't learned our lesson yet. Then we learn our lesson. Then we can fight and destroy the monster. I, I mean, it's it's common, but it doesn't always happen. And that was an unintentional pun. I just realized. So. <laughs> I didn't even catch it, so good for you. Well, when you've had a running joke on a, on all of your podcasts for a while about your co-host in common. Oh, duh. Yeah, it kind of sticks. Also, there's a common writer podcast called Common Knowledge. I'll take you, I'll I will take your word for it. Besides this, the only never other... listen to it. I just know it exists. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. I, I just know in Japan, Tuxedo Mask is called Tuxedo Common. That's all I only yeah. other thing I know tuxedo mask yeah because common means mask or masked but anyway not not to mention there's a very good common writer pastiche character in one punch man yes (laughs) who writes a bicycle 
Yes. <laughs> I forget what his name is, but Comet is, is in his name. What? Moomin Rider. Moomin Rider. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, the other fun thing about this opening fight scene is Tachibana gets in on the action. That doesn't yeah. happen very often. And he actually takes out some Gelshocker goons. You know, he has to use a car to do it because he's like, he's doing the he's doing the kingpin thing before kingpin. They're like smacking guys in the face with car doors. But True. But I mean, the Gelshocker goons, you assume, are at least strong enough that a normal human would have trouble fighting them, one would assume. But mm -hmm. Then I don't understand what Gelshocker's uh, motives are half the time. So. Uh, well, that's also true. Also, Gelshocker goons can be can you can just outweight them. <laughs> it just wait for them to spontaneously explode. I wish that would happen more often on this show. Like the Gelshocker goons are so focused on fighting that just when they're about to kill somebody, they just go <laughs> just explode. <laughs> I, I still want to know why that none no one in Gelshocker thought, hey. Why don't we keep the keys to this car that all our hostages are in on us instead of leaving them in the car so someone can steal the car <laughs> with the hostages in it? Yeah, uh, you would think you would think. But yeah, uh, uh, so after we get past the the pretty exciting opening after the the big cliffhanger, I have to say, even though I agree with you, they should have put this multi-parter closer to the end of the show. Mm -hmm. I have to say they do. I think they do some pretty clever things in the course of this, of the rest of this episode. I know we've complained before about how sloppy, <laughs> like cartoonishly sloppy. his <laughs> shocker. is. it's like the more evil you, you get, the more competent you become. Right. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I actually wrote a blog post a few years ago about why I think people love, caricaturish villains and it's because i think deep down we all want to mock evil so and caricaturish villains are a mockery of evil and you know it's the c.s right. lewis idea the devil cannot stand to be mocked hence why lewis wrote the screw tape letters which is a satire and <laughs> so i think maybe that's why people do it it's like they just instinctively want to mock uh, want to mock evil but i gotta give shocker credit here this they were pretty clever with this one, like oh, Ray yeah. Poymoth, like all the stuff with Ray Poymoth, or they're like, yeah, we've got Ray Poymoth captured and we are going to put him in this cell. We're going to chain him up yeah, and we're going to leave him in there. And we are not gonna, we'll check on it, but we're not gonna go in there. Oh no, he looks like he's sleeping. And then it turns out, oh wait, Ray Poymoth can self hypnotize himself. And then while he's sleeping, can broadcast its location to Gelshocker. <laughs> right. I'm like, okay, that's clever. <laughs> of course, that, that's only necessary because they are not in the Common Rider Kenny Club's clubhouse and they're at the Anti-Shocker Alliance's one because we know Gelshocker knows where the Kenny Clubhouse is. <laughs> the Kenny I'm, sorry, I'm calling it that now, the Kenny Clubhouse. <laughs> the Kenny Clubhouse, the Common Kenny Clubhouse. <laughs> I, I approve of this. So I think that was pretty cool i was like good on you gil shocker you're not entirely incompetent <laughs> not well entirely a, a broken a broken clock is right twice a day yeah but then uh, but on the other hand, and not digital right but on the other hand <laughs> but on the 
other hand, suddenly we have another Kaijin showing up. It's like, like they're just rolling Kaijin out like crazy yeah, in this multi-parter. It makes and, sense. We got a new episode, so of course there's a new Kaijin. You know, you uh, think yeah. Gel Shocker can actually produce these Kaijin, they might, I, I don't know, put more than one on the field at one time on a Again. regular basis? Again, they've done this. <laughs> I, yeah, but, they've done two. Why have we not seen a three or four or a no, guy, no, 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 no? They've done the that before. Ride, the, the the shocker riders technically make up six kaijin that are on the field at the same time, but still. Oh well, and I have some opinions about how if the, you can call them kaijin. I have some opinions about how the shocker riders come to their end, and just shocker riders in general. But anyway. My so understanding get, is they come back at a later in a later series. So. I I don't know. I I haven't researched just, that deeply because I accidentally came across that information researching the the Shocker writers. Oh, they do come back. Apparently, they do. Oh, okay, which is wild. Probably upgraded. I'm guessing, but I, I'm guessing, yeah. But Slug Shroom. <laughs> oh my word! I'm starting to think. That this this had to be what, what produced these the right chemicals for this crew to create half of these monsters. <laughs> I have concluded that I think the in-universe explanation is that Gelshocker is going through all of the debris because they've done something similar to this before on the show. Mm-hmm. I think they're just gathering up all the debris from all of their destroyed Kaijin. And they're like, well, we can't rebuild him. We don't have enough pieces, but we can take pieces from this one and pieces from this one and put them together and make one Kaijin because they keep recycling ones that they have used before. We've had a mushroom monster and we've had a slug monster before. In fact, no, no joke. The... The subtitles on Tubi and Shao Factory called that called the Slug Kaijin Slugzilla. Right. Yeah. And so I think they're just putting them together. But I'm starting yeah. to really wonder now if what they're doing in real life is they're like, well, we need to do about 20 more episodes. We can't we don't have the money to make more costumes. Take what we have, put it together, and call it something new. <laughs> that that could be possible. But there have been some where it's obviously a new costume. So with that yeah. combination. So I don't know. I still think it might have been a cost a, a saving measure because Slug Shroom shows up. It could be that since we're now at episodes, uh, was it 94, 95? This is 94. 94? That they are literally running out of ideas for animals to actually make a kaijin out of. Right. And here's the thing. Slug Shroom shows up in this and... He barely does he, anything. He barely does anything. Ray I mean, Poimoth does more interesting things than he technically, does. Technically, I mean, he does a lot of stuff in the episode, but under... But during all that, he's under, he's pretending to be the leader of the Anti-Shocker Alliance. So they're not using the costume. Yeah. Well, and that's something else that, well, I mean, yeah. It's like, how expensive. He kills, he kills the leader of the Anti-Shocker Alliance, which is kind of shocking. But. Well, not know, really. I don't know. I was kind of thinking the Anti-Shocker Alliance would make it through this, but now I'm like. I was. Are you going to come back for the finale? 
the finale literally says Gel Shocker will be destroyed. Okay. Yeah. Like the title is a spoiler. <laughs> I was really hoping as I, as I started this episode, it really looked like the anti Shocker Alliance was going to be, you know, a force to be reckoned with for Shocker that perhaps they would replace the Kenny club. But no, <laughs> unfortunately, no. especially when you're halfway through this episode, it's like, you know, the, 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 the writer girls and the common candies of only worldly in like the first couple seconds of this episode. And they could have filmed that last week. Right. Right. And I will, but I will say the slug shroom suit is pretty impressive. That it's a pretty wild design. Oh yeah. Pretty wild design. And it's, it, I guess slugs and mushrooms seem like a, seem like a weirdly appropriate combination. I think, I think the textures are compatible. Some of the ones we've had in the past, like the lion eagle, was it lion eagle? <laughs> or the sp- it like spider last, lion? It was like the last episode we recorded. Spider uh, lion. Spider lion. Yeah, those don't really go together that well. Yeah, but... yeah. You're thinking of spider lion and eagle mantis. <laughs> yes. I, I'm, yeah, I'm now you're combining the combiners. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> it's very easy to do but you know what i'm talking about most of those don't they, they, there's so much of a juxtaposition in the textures of those animals that they don't really combine very well into a cohesive structure while some of them do like this one slug shroom and then like some of the other really crazy ones you've had right it's uh anemonaguar yes who that somehow works I think I think someone was high on slug shroom when they decided to put those together. <laughs> Some of these monster creations, I think they were too. How, I, I would not be surprised if slug shroom was the first kaijin. <laughs> and they just hadn't used them uh, yet until they absolutely had to. Yeah, they're like, oh, oh no, slug shroom. We're going to keep you in storage for a while. Well, who are you going to go with first? Batman. Okay. No, no, spider. Spider man. Spider man, you gotta uh, make sure you, get, get you, you gotta get that pause in there. <laughs> they gonna get you in trouble there. Okay, so and after that, we're gonna use Batman. I think I know a lawyer at DC Comics who'd love to have a talk with you. <laughs> but that's why we have a space and not a hyphen. <laughs> Which you do have to wonder why neither of those companies thought to get the space version of those names. Also, <laughs> sometimes I see them written out like that. I'm like, you people are not doing your jobs. Uh, people don't. I, Normal people don't know that, oh, you have to actually, it's either one word or hyphenated. It's never two words. Uh, yeah. But I think officially for Marvel's Spider-Man, it has to be hyphenated. Yes, it does have to be hyphenated for that one, even though most people don't. I <laughs> Which drives me nuts whenever I see it, but I'm a pedantic comic book fan. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> I have no room to talk, so. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, we do also get, uh, we also get... A nice split here since we're still we still have double writers we get a nice split here because hayato gets the kaijin kill on ray poimoth right <laughs> and then a slug shroom gets taken out later so we can have a huge final battle with the shocker writers because they're the main threat this episode rightfully yes. so which is well, why it should be i mean you got six common writers going up against two common writers that makes sense that that's really the focus of this episode, not right, the, right, general. right. But let's talk about the Shocker Writers here, because this is the end of the Shocker Writers, at least in this show. Right. 
<laughs> okay. I love all the hype around them. I love the concept. Mm-hmm. It is, it's most definitely stacking the odds against our hero. In fact, there's another scene that I want to talk about here because it was just great to see it again. Where the Shocker writers are hyped as being on par with the original common writers, with our heroes. But there right. are six of them. They're outnumbered three to one. Yes. But we have no idea who these guys are. We never find out if there's like anything special about them. They're just six common writer clones. Yeah. We talked about that before. It's like, are these actually people? Who are these people when they're not transformed? Or did they just come out looking this way? Is this how Hongo and Hayato would have turned out if not for being saved mid surgery? Probably you know, that's I have how questions. they would have come out. I suspect these were just okay. My suspicions. We know that the reason Shocker originally chose Hongo in the first case was because A, he had an IQ of 300 and he rode motorcycles. Uh huh. Further proof that I know why he later got, he later became Segata Sanshiro, but moving on. (laughs) (laughs) Which I forgot about. I forgot. I have been doing Henshin Men for a year and a half now, and I completely forgot about that. (laughs) Yes. So, uh, I, I, and I suspect Hayato, while maybe does not have the IQ of 300, pretty much does have a high IQ. So maybe that human element does make them stronger than the other shocker riders, which could just be six random motorcycle riders they picked up somewhere. I, at this point, I'm just assuming that they're enhanced Gelshocker goons. They, there might as well be. Yeah. I, because that's all there is. I was, I was waiting for, it just makes me think back on in a previous episode how you know, before we found out there was a whole team of these things. Yeah. When it was just one. How you never said it's like it should have been Taki. I'm like, that would have been so brilliant. Right. <laughs> like get the sidekick and make him the villain. <laughs> yeah. And the megats where they have to save him, so then you get three common writers going into the end of it. Yeah. You know, and then we'll see we'll see if the purification powers of the writer kick can work on Taki. Does <laughs> does the common writer kick healing work on other common writers? That is the question. <laughs> it's the common Jesus kick right there. I just <laughs> Rider healing escalation. <laughs> I understood that reference. I, <laughs> I just That just sounds weirdly funny to me now. It's like, can you imagine? I mean, I know Jesus did some weird things to heal people, like spitting in the dirt and making mud to rub on a blind man's eyes and things like Mm that. Can you imagine if, like, somebody came up to Jesus, like, like some demon possessed person? Okay, like, because that's the we can if we're gonna equate this. Okay, like a kaijin is a demon possessed person, and then they come up to him, like, Jesus, heal me, and Jesus is like, okay, I need you to stand right there, and whatever you do, don't move. And then he goes back, takes a running start, and then does this flying Bruce Lee mm-hmm. kick. It kicks the, the demon out of the guy. It kicks the demon out of the guy. Even the demon's like, how the heck did that happen? <laughs> I just made anime Jesus. I just, <laughs> like, shown an anime Jesus. I just. <laughs> Which 
seems wrong in in so many ways. <laughs> but would be incredibly fun in some in others. It would be borderline sacrilegious, but I think it could be done. Borderline. Uh, <laughs> I think best. it would be. <laughs> they actually made this. I mean, we're still at the thought experiments a bit stage, so we're fine. <laughs> I mean, did you not see the mad TV sketch called Terminator 3 where the Terminator tries to protect Jesus from dying? <laughs> that walked right up to the line. <laughs> I have not, but I think I did see the uh, robot chicken where Jesus took the place of the bride in Kill Bill. I don't remember that one. Called I Kill Bill. I do remember seeing... He was, was hiding the Easter bunny. Oh, oh <laughs> I do remember seeing a Jesus sketch where he got annoyed one time with somebody and said, Oh, Dad! <laughs> Like, I don't normally like I don't normally think you're that funny, Robot Chicken, but that was good. <laughs> anyway. Uh we'll, we'll go, we'll, just let's just say <laughs> heroes of the internet, we're talking about this now because this is gonna come up again later in one of uh, those yeah. filler episodes. Oh, I can't yeah. remember if it I can't remember if it's the next one uh, that we're covering I think in this episode or the one that. after that it's what? the one after that it's the one after that okay but anyway anyway yeah so the next episode the 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 the, the listeners will be listening to yeah but anyway so i will say i did enjoy the round two against all of the shocker writers it has a really weird ending, and I'm saving a lot of that for the awards because they may have won a couple of things. Oh, my. <laughs> so many action figures, so little time. Moving on. <laughs> yeah. But I do want to talk about, and this is something that I do wish the show would do more often. And that is, and it's really cool here, and that is... Both of the writers train with Tachibana. Yes. Which I do think is really cool because Tachibana did train both of them individually, but now right. we get to see both of them together. And, and he pushes and he pushes make... them hard. Oh yeah. <laughs> now he pushes them hard to run in a circle. Because <laughs> apparently running in a circle will teach you what do superpower. Well, it worked how. for the it worked for the Israelites in the Battle of Jericho. So <laughs> more biblical connections I'm seeing. Yeah. <laughs> all they except if they had common writer, all they would have had to do was write or kick the Jer uh, the walls of Jericho. They would have came tumbling down. <laughs> let's be honest, anything he write or kicks explodes. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> so. One of the things I, I, I just realized when in this episode, I know some of it is just the era of filmmaking in general, because this is, what, 1973? 70, yeah, this was airing in 73. Right, so this was like, uh, I, I got to realizing how much this common writer seemed to be aping the style of Batman 66. <laughs> And I know part of that is era filmmaking and the technology available, but I really think there there must have been some inspiration that came from the when Batman sixty six was had to have been airing in Japan at that time because I think it did. Batman that must have inspired a lot of thought process going into Common Rider and other 
Sentai, other uh, Toku, superhero Tokusatsu this era. Wouldn't surprise me, but uh, Batman 66 did air in Japan, and for a hot minute, it was extremely popular. Hence I can why understand why. You, uh, hence why you almost had, I'm not kidding, people. Batman versus Godzilla, I know. <laughs> yeah, I almost that. had a Batman meets Godzilla movie, and it would have been Adam West. That would have been interesting. Yeah, now it's being made into a fan comic. That will also be interesting. Oh, it's the, uh, the first two issues are done. They're just taking their time yet, with issue so. three. <laughs> I'll send you I the link. I only know about it because of your other podcast. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll send you the link after we're done. <laughs> send you a couple of links after we're done. Yeah. But anyway, like I said, really cool to see those two working together. It's just. It's nice seeing the heroes get some mentorship scenes and mm -hmm. Tachibana gets to do more other than be a cantankerous old man. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> for a while here, he's just been kind of the boomer. <laughs> Getting annoyed with those kids, you know? <laughs> Somebody has to manage the writing club while they're off being in the kid court. Right. Well, and I think he's man I think he's managing everything at this point. He's managing the Comic Candy Force. He's managing the yeah. Writer Club. Well, he's just managing the, everything. The biz and, pro and probably that juice bar from the first thirteen episodes, uh, <laughs> or whatever yeah, that was. That. Yeah, remember that? <laughs> I, I'm just saying somebody has to take care of the business. There are forms to fill out, taxes to pay, yakuza to keep off your back. <laughs> <laughs> you think Kamen Rider could take care of himself, but you never know. You you just think about the uh, the insurance premiums and uh, paperwork that needs to be filled for the, for Cyclone. <laughs> Especially think of all the interest they're paying for all the kids they've gotten in gotten in trouble over the years. <laughs> he, uh, he I'm so, he's probably paying off the police. Now there were a couple of lines in here that I did appreciate. They were in the running for. Let me double check my awards here, but they were in the running for best awards. Do I have a runner-up for best line? No, I don't. So Tachibana had one of them. Let me uh, make sure I find it here. Uh, he says, "Don't worry, there's always a common writer on our side." I like the vote of confidence, right? Especially since there are two of them. I did think it was funny that Ray Poimon went. <laughs> what? This is getting out of hand. Now there are <laughs> yeah. two of them. <laughs> now there are two of them. But, <laughs> and I did like, I, did, I thought it was funny, I should say, that a couple of Gelshocker goons break Ray Poimoth out of jail. And then he says, Gelshocker, hey shit. <laughs> Gelshocker transform. <laughs> like, okay, it would have been I funnier see. if the goons then did like the hench common writer henshin pose and then just turned into the people there <laughs> that would have been so funny it's such a mockery <laughs> you got anything else to say i'm looking over my notes for this one and that about finishes it other than i wish this was closer to the end of the show yeah well let, just before we move on to the next episode how did you feel about this as an ending to this like was it, it's at least five or six episode arc here this was a good ending to this arc that honestly came out of nowhere <laughs> for being honest going into it. You didn't even realize it was an arc. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, it, it, I thought, I thought they wrapped up like every, pretty much everything pretty good. Granted the beginning almost has nothing to do with the end <laughs> when you get right down to it. But for a, a couple episodes that happened to happen one right after the other, uh, I thought this was a good way to end it. That's why I was, but it really didn't feel like they could have kept going. Yeah. 
I will say that all you needed term- was one extra scene, and you could like maybe a car flying up into the air, and you could have kept the the arc going. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're we're about to get to that, but right. I, I will say in terms of just like actual stretch of episodes, this is the longest continuous story in the show. The show's broken up into four different sections. Yeah. When you look at it, because there's like the first three net 13 episodes of Hongo, the Hyoto only section, and then Hongo coming back, and then this last portion where it's Gel Shocker. Mm-hmm. But the, this is the only time where you have anything that's more than a two-parter, and two-parters yeah. are rare in this show. So I think that, honestly, you know, with how this has probably been the best stretch of episodes, especially with how intense and and how just fun it's been using a lot of some a lot of good superhero tropes and all that now Mm -hmm. in terms of just sheer filmmaking you can't beat the first 13 because of just how weirdly experimental they were (laughs) right (laughs) you know there were some death scenes in those first 13 i have to wonder about if that was an experiment in the right direction yeah for sure just because i'm mostly thinking of the quick shot to the pull chain outlines <laughs> being drug off screen and going it was that what was that uh, somebody got turned into a bead necklace <laughs> right uh but yeah yeah it, it's hard to top that but i do think this is definitely in the running for some of the best episodes of the show so far but you know i'll make that final judgment when i <laughs> You know, when I finished the show, because I only got one episode left after today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyway, Drew, we do have another one to talk about that centers around stuff that we've been w- saying we wanted for decades. Come on, Jetsons. Where is it? The monstrous Croox's flying cars! Kaijin Garakuso no Sora Tobu Jidosha! Hongo rescues a man who inexplicably falls from the sky. Upon further investigation, he and Taki learn that the man and his girlfriend were attacked by the Gelshocker Kaijin Croox, whose devilness can make anything fly. But after fighting Croox in a flying ambulance, Hongo is seemingly dead. Again! Oh, wow. Hongo's dead. Again. <laughs> Didn't we do this already? In a more dramatic fashion. A couple fashion. of times. And, he, and, and it, may, it really did make me real, think about, you know, because I think the episode after this asks a plant-based question about Hongo. And I thought, well, if he is plant-based, that would explain why he keeps coming back after being planted <laughs> in the ground. <laughs> i did actually write in my notes sad writer music is sad again (laughs) further proof that takeshi hongo truly is segata sanchiro (laughs) for those who don't know play the sega saturn Do you want to tell people what Segata Sanshiro is? Segata Sanshiro was a character that was created for the Japanese commercials for the for the console, the Sega Saturn, 
and back they in the hired. 90s. So I'm sorry, what? Back in the nineties. Yeah, back in the nineties, and they hired. I cannot think of this actor's name. Fujioka. What is his name? Fujioka. Fujioka. They hired Fujioka to play him. He's pretty much a Chuck Norris ripoff. <laughs> Meme of Chuck rip-off. Norris. Like, he is essentially the Japanese Chuck Norris to the point where I think Death Battle did yes. a Chuck Norris versus Sega Tassanshiro. Yeah, and it's the only, uh, it's it's one of the, I think, like one of the few three battles they that did. they've had that, end, that technically end in a draw. <laughs> because it it's because Sekita, because Sekita Sanchiro is just insanely powerful and they pit him against meme Chuck Norris like Chuck Norris yeah. facts Chuck Norris exactly <laughs> but what's funny is there was I don't know if it was a promotion or what that Sega and Toei got involved with where in the middle of you know him doing the whole Sekita Sanchiro thing shocker attacks and so he has to write her henshin into common writer, and then three other common writers show up at the same time for no apparent reason. So Sega Toshanshiro <laughs> turned into four common writers at once. <laughs> Sega Toshanshiro is canon to common writer, <laughs> confirmed. Exactly. Uh, All Japanese superheroes are connected somehow. <laughs> Well, I mean, yes, technically, because Ryder and Ultraman have crossed over. Ryder right. and Sentai have crossed over multiple so, times. So, so Ryder is the bridge between Ultraman and Sentai, who have not officially crossed over yet. Keywords there yet? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting for that, though. <laughs> I mean, we did have the superhero Taishin from like. 10, 15 years ago, where Common Rider, all the Common Riders and all the Super Sentai fought together. Now we just need to throw Ultraman in there. It's like, hey, let's see how far this goes. There's like 50 Ultraman to pick from at this point. <laughs> hey, I still I still want the Shin superhero thing to actually result in a movie where Common Rider, <laughs> Ultraman, and Godzilla have to fight some fight an Evangelion. That's what I want to say. <laughs> it will never happen. I know this, but it's like, I really want this to actually happen. Yeah, I, I hear. I've got a title for you. Fan service. The movie. <laughs> and your problem with this is? I know it's fan service. I don't care. If somebody anyway. can make it make sense, it will be a mono. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I've, anyway, this episode. So, yes. Flying cars. Other than, yeah, flying cars. Okay. Flying cars. Okay. Uh, I will say the opening to this episode is wild. Okay. It's a yeah. typical episode. It, we're going back to the typical episode formula for this show, but it's a wild one because it starts off with flying cars. <laughs> right. And it's like, at first you didn't even realize it's flying. It's like, cause he, he goes to open that door. I'm thinking, dude, you're traveling at 70 miles an hour. Even if you don't know where you're going. How do yeah. you, it doesn't look like he ever slowed down at all, which in a fog, you would have at least had that. But right. Uh, and I'm still like, like, dude, why are you like, you're, you're going at 70 miles an hour. And he opens the door and falls out and goes, oh, you're not going at 70 miles an hour. Yeah. You're although I got 70 miles in the, you're 10 miles in the sky. I, I, is it just me or is this show? It's not the first time that this happened, but I feel like the show is often weirdly mean to its victims of the week oh it is 
Because I think, is it in the next episode where you have the kid? Well, no, no, because we find out later that everybody's okay at the end. But for a yes. while, I'm like, are we really just going to ha- nonchalantly kill this kid's parents off? Well, we did a couple uh, episodes ago. We did a couple episodes ago. But here, you, just, you want to talk about me. I, this is just me kind of thinking too much about this. So we have this boyfriend girlfriend beginning of the episode, yeah. which this happens a lot, you know. It's because sometimes Common Writer wants to be a slasher movie. Whenever you have a happy couple about to do happy couple things, the monster yes. shows up and says, "No happy couple things for you." Yes, this is a, don't forget this technically is a horror TV show. Yeah, yes, technically it, it is, and it wants to be. So you have happy couple driving along, doing happy couple things. Like they are very affectionate, and then oh yeah, the car starts getting weird, and then the guy, the boyfriend, is like. I'm going to make sure everything is okay. And then he opens the door and falls out. And then the girlfriend's like, oh my gosh, we're flying. What's going on? And then Hongo, in one of the earliest tensions I've seen in an episode in a while, just transforms, jumps up, catches the yeah. guy. It's like, are you okay? Oh, I'm fine. And then figures out that there's weird stuff going on with the car, but then he's not able to do anything about it. And then you cut a couple scenes later and they find the car has crashed to the ground and the girlfriend is dead. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm like, are we going to talk about the fact that the boyfriend's okay and the girlfriend is dead? We're not, because the boyfriend is never going to show back up the rest of the episode. I know, and I'm just like, you saved the boyfriend, but the girlfriend is dead. Why didn't you just kill them both? It would, that would be easier. Better. It would be easier for me to deal with this if they just both died. But no, the boyfriend the is okay. Point, except you do run into the problem. How are you going to get Common Rider involved in this if he doesn't happen to find this guy? Yeah. Why would he like, be on why would he be looking for flying cars in the first place? Other than, <laughs> oh, I don't know. Have Common Rider look up in the sky and see a flying car. <laughs> look up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's, oh, it's a Toyota. A Toyota. <laughs> I have no idea if that was a Toyota. That was just the first I don't Japanese know if it is brand. either, but that seemed to fit. <laughs> <laughs> that was just the first Japanese car brand that came to mind. <laughs> Toyota always comes to my mind first because I, I don't know on all the other companies if they're Japanese or Korean or any of the other Asian <laughs> countries. Okay, you've got Toyota. For, if you're talking Japanese, you got Toyota, yeah. Mitsubishi, Honda, Mitsubishi, Honda. Yeah. Suzuki, and Nissan. Okay, yeah, Nissan is is Japanese. Okay, I'll, uh, yeah, yeah, Nissan. Uh, Kia Nissan. is Korean. Yeah, Kia is Korean. I, I call it Nissan because I watched too much I watched too much Top Gear back in the day. So, yes, flying Toyotas. <laughs> flying Toyotas. <laughs> that sounds like the name of a band, doesn't it? The Flying Toyotas. <laughs> yeah, or or a, or a Japanese acrobatic troupe. Yeah, that too. Because let's be honest. If anyone's going to invent real flying cars, it'll probably be the Japanese. And their cars will be able to handle the strain of flying. <laughs> right. Because Japanese cars are indestructible. They will survive the apocalypse. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm just saying, people, in case of a nuclear apocalypse, you will find Japanese cars on the street that still work. <laughs> so we find out that, it, okay. Okay. Okay, first off, I do want to say the reason we have flying cars is because that is Croox's superpower. That's our Kaijin yes. of the week. Croox is an insane-looking Kaijin 
not because he's a, I mean, he is a wild design. Yeah. It's because this suit is like, they dumped money into this suit. <laughs> Unfortunately, though, Crow Ox is destined to be the ugliest wall decoration in a Texas Hunter's home. <laughs> I have a character on the Monster Island Film Vault who probably has him mounted <laughs> on his wall. If he, if he didn't before we recorded this episode. <laughs> you might end up having him mounted on his wall now. But <laughs> I will take credit for this inspiration. Yeah, because I, I don't know exactly how to describe Crowox. First off, I got to admit, I wouldn't have necessarily thought to combine a crow and an ox. Especially but he, when your goal is to make a gas that's lighter than hydrogen. Yeah, but he... And that brings up a lot of questions. That really <laughs> does, considering... <laughs> I don't think you can make something lighter than hydrogen. <laughs> that's, On an anatomical level. That's the smarter of the questions that you know, that comes to mind. But I just want to point out, before we get to the awkward questions, is that he looks much more ox than crow. Yeah. Other than the fact that he could fly and in true tokusatsu fashion. He sounds like a prop like a, He sounds like a jet. It's better than Musasabito. Musasabito sounds hilariously bad <laughs> See, you say he sounds like a jet plane i think he sounds like a prop plane because <laughs> it sounds like they literally went uh, took like audio from a world war ii era dog fight and made that his sound effects for flying <laughs> yeah oh yeah. like he's not the first flying kaijin to do this on the show and this Seems to go all the way back to 1956 with Rodan. Yeah. Because Rodan, the you know, the giant pteranodon of Toho fame, in his original movie, because they say he can fly at mock speeds, apparently flying at mock speeds means you sound like a jet. Because <laughs> Rodan sounds like a jet. I, I follow that. Believe me, I do follow that, but I don't think you have to make that. I don't think you have to sound like a jet engine to go mock speed. All you yeah. need is like the air, the sound of air going, which is going to be different than the sound of the jet engine. But anyway. also, if you are at mock speed, you should be making sonic booms. And you should not be able to hear anything while you're at that because you're going faster than the speed of sound. I, yeah. But the but fact then that we can live, fly... But, but then how many television shows do we watch where we hear sounds in space? Uh, so yeah, this is this is true. But it's been a very We're, noisy day in space for a long time. But anyway. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> but, there is sound in space. You just can't normally hear it. Right. Right. But then again, the question becomes, if there's no air in space and sound needs air in order to be heard, is there sound in space? There is just enough of those atoms that you can get the sound waves to vibrate is my understanding. And this anyway, is before you talk about radio waves, which technically are light waves. So let's move on. Yeah. I was going to say, this is not a science podcast. <laughs> this is also common writer. The, the science, science of common writer. <laughs> the science, good Lord. The science of common writer. I, the, I think common writer like makes scientists science. heads explode. <laughs> That's not how it works. <laughs> 
when, when Star Wars is looking at you and going, that's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. You know your science is garbage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even pseudoscience is like, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> but anyway well that's why i don't think it's grown quite enough techno babble in to make this work but right which is why i have i have just concluded there is that, no techno babble in this yes which is why i've just concluded given everything else that i've seen that shocker slash gel shocker is just a bizarre absolutely bizarre combination of science and the supernatural which is the only way i can explain anything <laughs> Right. The show anymore <laughs> although i will say this show has taught me something what's that well when he's you know he when he finds fi figures out that it's cars because he happens to find the toll receipt that the guy had in his pocket right i got to looking and, and later on this is bad but the this toll tag was dated today and, I, and of course it stopped it, 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 there's a couple it stays on a shot of that for a little bit so i paused and i looked and thought <laughs> What day is this? So I had to go look it up. What I think it has to be a Japanese date. Why would the Japanese date this in 48? And I looked up, <laughs> oh, this is this is the 48th er, uh, year of the Showa era. I wonder what the 48th year of the Showa era connects into in the Gregorian calendar, which is the one we use. So I looked it up and it was 1973. And then I looked up when this episode aired three days after the date on that thing. <laughs> so just so you know, this show canonically, every episode happens three days before it aired. <laughs> That's the only explanation I have. And I, you texted me last night when you were doing this. I'm like, what have you done to me? <laughs> I never would have done this much research to verify all this. I would have looked at that and thought, oh, that must be the 48th year of the Showa era. That kind of makes sense. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, let's keep going with the episodes. Like, no, I stopped and researched. <laughs> Like I don't have, I don't want to do this research right now. I'm trying to get through four episodes before the cellcast last night, and we didn't even record the cellcast last night because my co-host needed to edit, was mentally drained, and so we're having to put it off till tomorrow. But that's beside the point. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> it's not your fault. But anyway, so I was, I was rushing say, and didn't need to be rushed. Is all I'm trying to get at. Right, but all that to say, we got uh, flying at mock speeds. Apparently. It's just a secondary superpower for Croox. The main thing is that he gives off a quote-unquote devil mist that can make anything fly, which, like I said, begs a question. Where does it come from? We see it coming from his horns. They are smoking. <laughs> Smoke? I don't know. <laughs> Oh, <clears throat> yeah, I'll uh, leave it to your imagination. <laughs> are, are, are you saying there might be some methane production involved? Yes, I'm wondering. <laughs> are, are you suggesting that Croox, if if used correctly, could solve our current gas shortage? Yes. <laughs> yes. So feed Croox for, uh, for several reasons. Fine. One of which being, if the car can fly. It doesn't need to use gas. <laughs> well, except that technically it's only really floating because there's no way to propel it once it's in the air. 
right? But anyway, but it just begs the question. I'm just I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, okay, shocker, girl shocker, I should say. What do you hope you accomplish with this? They say, Panic. they say, yeah, I guess because they say that they got this idea. This is so funny. It's like, yes, we get it. You're evil. They said, we got, General Black says, we got this idea from Nazi dirigibles. Which just feels like, hey, we need to show how evil Shocker is again. How do we do that? Let's just name drop the Nazis again. Okay, yeah, sure. We don't need to explain how evil we are when we say we're eviler than the Nazis. Right. Also. They're not. (laughs) Also, it just dawned on me. You guys know what happened to one of those, right? Very infamously. Hindenburg ring a bell. Right. (laughs) No, they're not. It's not like they're using the gas to fill their cars. <laughs> they're doing it to do other cars. So, and and apparently trains. Yeah, yeah. Now the miniature work for those is, was kind of nice, but I, I. But I'm also sitting here thinking. First off, the rules for this gas, and maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. I'll say that up front. Maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. But one of the rules is that this gas only works in confined spaces. That, to some degree, makes sense. Explain. Because, like, it's like a, a balloon. The gas can fill the thing, and that causes it to put the, push the oxygen out. That's making the whole thing more buoyant in, in air. Whereas where okay. you put it out in the, you know, it's not in a confined space, and, you know, everything just it just spreads out and isn't able to pull, push anything up. That's my theory. Okay. You I figure what? it works like a, like putting high, uh, helium in a balloon. That's really what I'm getting at. Right. Okay. I don't know if okay. helium, if you did that in a car, if you put enough helium in a car, it would do that. I'm sure Mythbusters looked at this and I don't remember what happened. You know what? I, I want a Mythbusters episode about Croox. <laughs> I want them having to explain to an American audience what's going on in the show. <laughs> they just spent half the episode just trying to explain what's going on. <laughs> I mean, I just want to hear Jamie Heineman's comments about Croox's very comic bookish eyes. <laughs> <laughs> that never blink. That never blink. They never blink. I mean, there's been a lot of weird looking eyes on some of these monster suits, but like this looks like it just came off of a, off of a children's comic book. It's for or a like children's show or something. <laughs> it's like it's today. Crowox is on Sesame Street teaching children how to read and count. Over yeah. here, he's trying to murder Common Rider. <laughs> he this, teaches this the children in the morning the and murders X. their hero. He teaches the children in the morning and murders their hero in the afternoon. <laughs> this episode brought to you by the letter S. S is for shocker. <laughs> <laughs> Tomorrow it will be G for Gel Shocker. <laughs> yes. I also forgot. Another I, I time forgot. we're trying to teach the kids to serve shocker and not the rest of the world because we need a fourth episode. <laughs> Of, tra- right. of of uh, of uh, teaching kids e- to be evil. <laughs> yes. Oh, this time with Elmo. Actually, that would work. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> also, I forgot. I, I forgot. Uh, Drew Crowlox has another very important superpower that he only uses in the most desperate of times. You mean goring people like a yes? Because <laughs> that was a line. Like He's like, but I have one more power to show you. 
gore, and then he just charges. Forward. It's like okay, the gore makes because that's the thing. He's got three powers. You've got the gore, which makes sense because he's an ox, and you got the flight, which makes sense because he's a crow. <laughs> and then he's got gas, <laughs> and he's. He's Which makes it comes out of his horns. It's like I don't think you understand how any of these animals work. <laughs> it's just, this, this but here's the thing: you have to be specific here. He's not just a mix of an ox and a crow. He's a mix of an ox and a man-eating crow. <laughs> they were very spe- General Black was very specific about that. <laughs> A man-eating crow. A man-eating crow. Normally, it's the man who eats the crow, remember? Okay? And- <laughs> right. Uh, that that was a joke that should have been... Is, <laughs> you're eating, maybe that should be the title of this episode, Eating Crow Ox. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. I may have to change this on the fly now. Eating Crow Ox. <laughs> My gosh. Uh, also, so we spent General Black, did somebody up. destroy your Hot Wheels as a kid? Is that why you have it against all these cars? <laughs> oh my god, we've spent a lot of time just talking about this Kaijin, just so you know. <laughs> well, yes, because the story is just there. <laughs> <laughs> the story is just there. The, I will tell you, this episode, I realized something with this episode. This is. Have you noticed that the the writer girls do less now than ever? Uh, yes uh, that dawned on me with this one i I already put writer girls will you just believe anything anyone will tell you okay Uh, i've got there's another big point i want to get to i want to get but i want to get the little stuff out of the way first right also i just want to point out that the image of gel shocker goons pouring out of the back of an ambulance is weirdly amusing (laughs) i i I almost put in my notes when i was when i was watching i go oh look the very colorful people are getting out of the small car. I didn't realize Gil Shocker was hiring clowns now. <laughs> yes, I was thinking. When did they get clown car technology? <laughs> I want that. I want someone to put clown music to a clip of that now. <laughs> you know, you, you say that, but Stephen King's It would make a decent Gil Shocker general. Did you not see the little fan film I shared in the Power Trip Facebook group where somebody where somebody had Pennywise fight a guy who could morph into Power Rangers? No, I didn't, but that that sounds awesome. And it's the Pennywise. modern it's the how- it's the newer version of Pennywise and he's right. trying to steal this guy's well, morpher so that he could use it honestly, to lure kids away. Honestly, as much as I think Tim Curry would have played the character better, the newer version actually does look more like a henchman villain. <laughs> if we could just get the look of the new Pennywise and the, and the Tim Curry voice. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, it w- and it wouldn't be the first time K- Tim Curry's played a villain in Tokusatsu. Right. Dig, go digging for that, people. <laughs> uh, but anyway, anyway, we need to talk about we need to talk about how much the common canny force knows because I'm very confused with this episode (laughs) because after Hongo dies again, apparently was this the third time? It's something like that. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, you just made, you just worked really hard, like two episodes ago to convince us he was dead. Okay. Why are you doing this again already? And 
because some of these scripts are on copy and paste. <laughs> they have been for a while. <laughs> so they decide that this was Taki's idea. Okay. They're like, well, it looks like Hongo's dead again, again, but we need to mess around with Gel Shocker. You know, basically make them, you know, too confident, you know, because they'll put, keep their guard down. So right. let's put out a message saying that Takeshi Hongo is, what are they say? No, no. Yeah. Oh, no, not, they, not that he was dead. I'm getting it wrong, but they're trying to deceive uh, Gel Shocker. So there's like, put out a message that says he's in critical condition, basically. Because they want to convince Gel Shocker that he's still alive. But they specifically say Takeshi Hongo, and this is with everybody there. A couple of the comic Kennys, the writer girls, Tachibana, Taki, everybody. And they just go along with it, and they actually put that out there. And I'm like, hold the freaking phone. Yeah. Gel Shocker knows Hongo is Kamen Rider. We know that. Haki knows. Yes. Tachibana, Tachibana knows. knows. But as far never... as I knew, nobody yeah. else knew. We never had any confirmation in reality that either the Rider Girls or the Common Kennys knew that Hongo was Kamen Rider. We kind of know they knew Hayato was in the last story arc because <laughs> yeah. he transforms in front of them too but right but and this Hon- is all we had done. no proof that hong that he knew hongo was one yeah. until and, and and it just gets worse in the coming episodes. yeah and, and this is all being done because they want taki to bandage himself up like a mummy and pretend that he's an injured hongo which by the way is hilarious because the actor who plays taki did audition to be Hongo. Right. Originally. And in the manga, Taki becomes a common writer. Becomes so. a common writer. So it's doubly ironic knowing that. Right. But I'm just like, wait a second. When did they know any of this? Because I've been operating under the assumption that they just think Hongo is just part of this common Kenny Force establishment thing. He's just another one of the of well common writers' assistants. They don't know he's Common Rider. Some of these episodes, they they very much hint that they might know that Hongo is Common Rider, but they never have come out and said it. And then you get this episode where it's like, do you know, or did you were you told off screen? What's going on, people? I'm just confused. I'm just confused. I I have nothing against this plan. I'm cool with no. this plan. But I need to know how much people know. <laughs> because if you're, when you reveal a character's secret identity to people who don't know it, that should be, especially when they're relatively major characters, recurring characters in the show, there should be a scene where this happens. Yes. And to get some reactions like, oh, I didn't know you were, you were common writer. I guess we should have known that with all the corporate branding. <laughs> <laughs> And the fact that you always disappear and then Common Rider shows up, except for right. when Hayato's around for some reason. Hmm. Weird. We know there's two of you Common Riders. Why didn't we figure this out before? <laughs> it's the it's the Lois Lane conundrum, you know. She's a brilliant <laughs> reporter, but she can't tell that that the guy sitting at the desk across from her 
is the most famous superhero in the world. <laughs> well, if I remember correctly, Christopher Reeves, when they were filming the first two Superman movies, he would get mobbed by people in the Superman costume when he was going to like the ca- the studio cafeteria. But uh-huh. no one would pay attention to him when he was in the Clark Kent costume. I I, I understand that. I I, I totally so, believe that. If anyone who says that yeah. Clark Kent's the worst disguise ever, there have been several experiments done. I think Henry Cavill even tested that too. Yeah, because he would he would go off and I think to like Times Square or something in his Clark Kent getup, right. and no one paid attention to him. Plus, I I don't remember who, which who it was, but I, I, I want to say it was Charlie Chaplin back in the day. He lost a Charlie Chaplin lookalike contest. Yes, I've heard about that too. <laughs> or was it? I think I've also heard Dolly Parton lost a Dolly Parton lookalike contest. But anyway. uh, yeah, but all that, all of that to say, I mean, I understand that. But when it's literally somebody that you have very close contact with on a daily basis, right? <laughs> and, well, Common Rider, I get it a little bit because you can't see. He's, there's there's you can't tell the difference between hongo and hayato if you're just looking at the helmets outside of a slight color difference right right so, i mean but it's not like but the heads, fact that but the fact that they never st- yeah but the fact that they never stop and think why don't i ever see the two of you in the same place and why on earth is do we when we go somewhere and high and, and hongo disappears all of a sudden common writer shows up too right you know I, so which, anyway, I, all that to say, I mean, like if they just Ultraman or uh, earlier, right. uh, earlier that made me think the same thing. It's like you're in another country and Ultraman's going to show up, and you're not going to question who he is. Uh, yeah, all of that to say, like if they him? know, I'm cool with that. I just would have liked very clear establishment that they right. do, right? And maybe a little bit of fallout from it. I don't. I mean, even in. A time like this, if you reveal a hero's secret identity, there's going to be at least a little bit of fallout from it for one episode. Exactly. At least an emotional fallout with the characters who need to, who would like to know this information. And then you could use that as store as fodder for later on. So the characters could actually get worried when they see Kamen Rider get hurt and go, oh, Hongo, don't be, I hope you're safe or something. I, I don't know. Yeah, they were doing this like in the that. first thirteen episodes, but then they forgot they could do this. Right? Yeah, because memory hole. <laughs> yes. still we don't, we don't as remember far as the first know. thirteen episodes. We don't remember the, the the first writer girl who will never be heard from again. Uh, the first several, there were a couple of other writer girls. Just, I'm just saying, yeah. when Shin Common writer comes out, I hope that he fixes a lot of these issues I have with with his version. Uh, we'll it, see. it was we'll it see. was a different time and they're not necessarily banking on everyone remembering if, you know, something that happened 50 episodes before i'm just saying toei has done this a lot better in more recent shows yes yes they have yes quite anyway do you have anything else to say about this i think anything else we could probably bring up in the awards i would guess I think that's I think that's true because I mean this really just felt like especially near the end it's like okay we're just gonna pad out this episode a little while longer then okay we're done <laughs> okay we're done we're done we're done we're going on to the awards which are fun little awards that yes we kind of stole from monsters versus men there the shtick is now complete we give these to some outstanding elements of the television episodes or movies that we cover here on henshin men starting with the henshin kick 
award for the best stunt or fight scene. I am giving mine to Double Riders versus Shocker Riders round two in the first episode that we talked about today. I mm-hmm. It felt inappropriate to give it to anything but Double Riders versus Shocker Riders, especially right. in the second round. There's a lot of dynamic camera work and some great fight choreography. Like You can tell that they knew with that stretch of episodes that they had gold on their hands and they put a lot of effort into making sure it was good. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like, this is uh, not an average episode people. <laughs> no, which is why I was thinking it would lead into more not average episodes. I thought we were done with the average episodes, <laughs> but oh well, uh, what was yours? Mine was the double Rida kick because that's awesome. <laughs> yes. And they had another really cool double henshin shot too. in this. Yes. One. That was, that's the thing i think they've already realized this early on in the superhero filming stuff is like you use the old henshins even if they look silly this is the yeah. character's mention you go with it because it looks it feels cool when it happens right you get to see uh, I, it again, even though I, it looked like it was filmed on manila paper <laughs> animated on manila I, paper yeah i have actually heard a guy on youtube talk about well a couple of people actually talk about it's like one of the keys to making a great superhero is iconography. Yeah. Whether that be something like a logo, so like the Superman shield, or I would say in stuff like like Common Rider here, it's the pose. That's yeah. the iconography. You will recognize them because of the pose and the helmet, I would say as well. But you have the, to have some sort of iconography noticed, that's immediately yeah. recognizable. The other thing I noticed with that Henshin is that Taki, and not Taki, Hongo and Hayato actually have different poses for when they transform, which I didn't notice before. Yeah. Yeah. And they actually are mouthing the words this time because there's a couple of episodes (laughs) where Hongo was not. (laughs) Oh, there's a lot of episodes where it doesn't, where it looks like he's a ventriloquist. (laughs) Like, you're saying this in your mind, aren't you, Hongo? (laughs) (laughs) I don't need to say my my transformation command. (laughs) Right. I mean... I, th- th- there really aren't any Ultramen that have transformation commands. Some of them kind of have catchphrases, but they're not necessarily great catchphrases. That, that's more of a Toei invention than a, it's a little than, bit more. A, but now, on the other thing. hand, yeah. But on the other hand, Ultramen, with one exception that I can think of, they need transformation devices. There's right. and one do, Ultraman who just wills his transformation. And they do at least, at least with the one I've seen, have to pose to do it, apparently. A little? Not much I, think, pose, I think that just happened by accident. Up in the air just so the transition to the, the Ultraman punch happens. Yeah, I think that was just something. I think that just kind of happened by accident that they just kept doing Probably, it. Probably, but it works. <laughs> yeah, it does. This one, it's very intentional. It's, it's you have to actually do from Dragon oh, Ball. Okay. You have to do the pose and say the word in order to do it. Although in the first 13 episodes, they didn't do that. It was actually harder to do. It was actually an interesting limitation, which is you got to make the turbine and the belt spin, which is why Hongo would have to ride the motorcycle fast enough to do it. Right. Which makes sense. But uh, I don't know how that that, that got annoying after a while, at least for me, in those first 13 episodes. Yeah. It's, It's not the most practical. No. thing to do also i'm just not if you're thinking, gonna make a 98 episode television show right i'm also th- sitting here thinking like can he actually will it not to happen 
Like, what if it's just a windy day one day and he goes outside, there's a big, and then there's a huge gust that's like, oh no, I'm Kamen Rider. <laughs> well, I, mean, I just wanted to take a walk in the park. <laughs> I mean, it does seem like he had to have some way to weld the belt to appear. So <laughs> even in those uh, early episodes, so yeah, I don't we're know. overthinking, we're overthinking, but the double rider kick that it typically happens when we do have the two teaming up, they will do a double rider kick. Right. So but this is the first one I've gotten fun. to see. So I'm, that's why I'm giving it my award. Right. It's it always looks cool. It looks cool. Oh, oh, I did. I, I did have a, I knew I had at least one runner up for an award. I forgot to mention it for, and it's for this one, which is common rider hanging off the back of the ambulance mm-hmm. during that chase scene. And I bring this up because I know it seems like a bit of a weird kind of simple thing to appreciate, but like nobody does stuff like this anymore. No, they would have they, been. Uh, they cheat a lot now. Yeah. There's a lot. This is real stunt work. Like these people, these performers are putting their lives on the line to make this happen because mm-hmm. that's a real car and that's a real guy. This is yeah, not on not a even, stage not with a green screen. The, they're not even using the common dummy for this. No. Which no, they could like, have. Yeah, that's actually a, a, an ambulance going down a road and that is a real actor crawling around on the back of it. It's like I said, if they were doing this, they now, learned that lesson. <laughs> yeah, if they were doing this now, they'd either just do a set on it with a green screen, or they would CGI the whole thing. I'll be like, no, this is a real stunt, and it's always better when it's real. <laughs> mm-hmm. I would say, unless you have to do something really complicated that you can't do anymore. But right, yeah, you know, well, not anymore, but that you can't do do with that. But like. Compare like Terminator 2, like the stunts in Terminator 2, like that's a real semi truck that they drove off a bridge. Yeah. <laughs> you know? You know, it's insane to think about what they were doing there. Now they would just CGI the whole thing. Well, the CGI is also cheaper, but Yeah. And less and the FBI has more to do with it than the safety issues, but Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, speaking of special effects, Takatoku for the best special effect. I'm a sucker for miniatures. I really am. Mm-hmm. And so the miniature vehicles oh, that are floating miniature. in midair in the Crowox episode. Yeah, yeah, the, the Crowox miniatures are definitely better than the other miniatures we saw in these two episodes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm to gonna tell you this right now. I'm gonna tell you this right now. I've said this before on the show, I'll say it again. I don't think Toei ever mastered miniatures. Even in the newer stuff that they do, I don't think they've mastered miniatures as well as Subaraya has. Oh, that's fair. That's very fair. Yeah, because Super that was Subaraya's Subaraya bread really and butter. Doing, Subaraya was really good at that sort of stuff. It really does feel like Toei was just trying to do all of this on the cheap. And well, we'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> right. I think it's just because they just didn't know how to do it quite as well. I certainly didn't know how to do it quite as well in the 70s. I've watched a lot of 90s Power Rangers and Super Sentai now. I don't Even in the 90s, I don't think they could do it quite as well. Right. They've caught up more, I would say, probably in the last 10 or 15 years. But Superaya is still the master at that stuff because hey, that, was least, how, that was how they started. At least Toei's miniature work is better than Saban's. <laughs> what was your whispy? So anyway, what was yours? Croox exploding. <laughs> that was Why like Crowox? the best explosion we saw. That's like I've seen so far. <laughs> because he, he lands, he gets up. It's like I'm fine, guys. I'm fine. No, I'm not. Boom. 
<laughs> yeah, I've seen that happen before where the where, where he does get back. I was like, oh, no, I'm fine. It's, uh, he's I'm like, no, guys, I'm okay, okay. No, I'm not. Or it's like, <laughs> or it's, uh, I'm just like, it hurts, it hurts, it hurts so much. It hurts, uh, blow up, you yeah. know, it's, it's like, not as funny as some of the Super Sentai monsters who I swear do right. a little death dance before they before they but even without the the acronym that was like the best filmed explosion i think i've seen so far watching these common writers fair enough fair enough especially since Uh, the smoke was still in the air after that they actually focused on it for a bit right it's like oh okay i guess that i guess that devil mist was flammable so wait, so they could have just beaten Kurox this whole time by uh, by by getting him to light a cigarette. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. Yeah, how hilarious would that have been? Like he's sitting like, in, he's sitting in the the floating car, and it's like, yeah, yeah, I stole this car. I got a flying Toyota. I'm gonna celebrate. <laughs> you don't even need to light the cigarette. You just need the common rider and uh, and I keep wanting to call him Ox King. Crowox facing off each other. <laughs> And Common Rider just pulls off, pulls out a Common Rider branded Zippo lighter, and just goes, <laughs> boom. <laughs> and we know Common Rider will be right; he'll just grow back out of the ground again. <laughs> Common Riders aren't built; they're grown. They're grown. <laughs> and speaking of silly lines, Common Hatcha for the best line: "Mine goes." To... It's Tachibana, and this was just funny. Okay, this is just and they because at the end of the i think it was the it was the it was the croax yeah it was the croax episode yeah they just start they just get on each other's cases so much at the end of this it's the denouement banter you know Mm -hmm. and he he tells hongo you idiot if you're gonna die at least call first (laughs) just tell us you're not you're fine please (laughs) <laughs> well, we've already established that Hongo has read some version of the Art of War. Right. <laughs> you know, if you want to deceive your enemies, you must first deceive your friends. Huh? Like, <laughs> please stop giving Tachibana heart attacks. <laughs> <laughs> He's old, okay? <laughs> He's on his last legs. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that Shocker hasn't just killed him by scaring him to death at this point. <laughs> Many times he's been attacked, yeah. <laughs> I think at this point, Tachibana's ga- probably gotten at least a couple of gray hairs because of Shocker. <laughs> oh, it wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> I just wa- It's just too Especially bad that... Next episode. <laughs> it's just yeah it's just too bad that at some point or maybe he has and i just forgot but i feel like he should be like danny glover and lethal weapon he was like i'm too old for this crap <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, okay what did you have i have the fakes are all dead an imposter can't beat the real thing speaking <laughs> of which drink my coke <laughs> Are you saying a Coke is a is an imposter for Pepsi? <laughs> no, I'm saying Pepsi is an imposter for Coke. Oh, because Coca Cola is the real thing. Wow, 
Wow, you might have a fight on your hands, sir, because I'm a I am quoting <laughs> I am quoting Coca-Cola's marketing department since 1980. <laughs> wow, that you've been and you've been drinking that Coke for this entire recording. That that is some dedication to the joke. I have yes, to say, well, I, I like Coca-Cola anyway. So <laughs> I'm still saying that's a lot of dedication to the joke. That being said, <laughs> I would like to see Pepsi Man fight Common Rider. <laughs> Yes, Pepsi Man is real, people. Pepsi Man is a thing. Actually, Look I would also like to see Pepsi, I would like to see actually see Pepsi Man fight Sega Sanchiro. If Pepsi has Pepsi Man, what would the Coca-Cola version be? What would his, what would his name be? I don't know. Coca Rider? Coca Rider. <laughs> Well, as many versions of Coca-Cola there are now, it could almost be Soda Sentai Coca Ranger. <laughs> Coca Ranger. Because <laughs> Coca Man just sounds weird, and we can't just call it Coke. Because so the Red Ranger have, would be Coca. The have Red Ranger would be Coca-Cola. The Blue Ranger would be Diet Coke. <laughs> Yellow would be Coke Zero. I don't know four or five, but you, you have you throw the sixth threader in. It's actually the failed New Coke. <laughs> oh new coke new coke man <laughs> I'm so anyway that's what actually mcdonald's is selling for coca-cola but anyway <laughs> wth what the henshin seems like an appropriate thing to go to after that <laughs> for the craziest moment i have okay we have the same thing okay we do Yes. Oh yeah, you just called it something different. I just called it the writer wheel oh, because that's okay. what they called the attack. Okay, here's the thing. When they said writer wheel, I thought of something else completely different, and I'm trying to remember what it was called. But I thought they were going to do a double writer move that I saw before in some of their earlier crossovers. Right. It's a move that makes no sense, which is basically Hongo and Hayato will basically are uh, like lock their arms around each other's legs and then roll like barrel roll right and that's a move and it actually does things that's what i thought they were gonna do instead we get them running around in a circle because tachibana told them run around in a circle and go faster faster go faster go faster go faster and you know what they should have called it what the rider cyclone Yes, because that's what they're making is a cyclone. But the name of the motorcycles is is cyclone. And your point? Yeah, I understand. Branding. So, okay. So they can run around in a circle, create a tornado, which then makes all of the shocker riders fly up into the sky, turn into action figures, and explode. Yes. And why did the other two common riders not go into the sky? Yeah, oh well, yeah, because that's what they do. They coax the other six to, to run in the circle. The same, to jump at the same time they do, but somehow the common Rider's jump is different from the other jump. From the other six jumping. I, right. It makes no sense. No, it if makes sense. Like if they ran a make. circle around the other six who were just sitting there looking confused, like, why are you running around this like we're Jericho? And except, <laughs> except they're running with them. <laughs> they're running with them. them. And then they jump, and they're like, aha, we will jump after you. And then, why are we still going? <laughs> Looks like Team Shocker's blasting off again. 
And I'm like, after all of the hype around the Shocker Riders, this is how it ends. They fly into the sky and explode. I don't know. That sounds like a Tachibana designed move. It it kind of does. It explains why he had them running around him during the training sequence. It does. When before I was just like, you know, it's like going to gym class when you're in high school, you have to run laps. (laughs) Yeah. So I, I don't know what to make of this one. It's just, Oh, we need a way to end this. Okay. It's ended. Run around in a circle. Exactly. It would have okay. been what now if they had had General Black say, "Hmm, they people blow up in midair. That sounds like a good idea for a monster. Create the uh, Croox out of this. We'll like flying cars explode." <laughs> it's like, "Oh, we're moving the we're moving the arc on. No, that's not what we're doing. No, that's not what we're doing. No, <laughs> anyway, we don't do that here. What are you talking about? <laughs> Ongoing po- serialized plot. What's that? <laughs> we only do that for a few episodes, guys. Right? Because okay? we can't expect everyone to keep up with the show. <laughs> yeah. What do you think this is? Netflix? <laughs> or in Common Writer's case, what do you think this is? Amazon Prime? <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, all right. So it's time for minute to henshin it. This is where we give our final thoughts in one minute or less. I'll go first this week, Drew. I think I've been having you go first a lot. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. All right. And on my mark, get set, go. So I think we've made it pretty clear. We've been enjoying the serialized storytelling, but the ending is kind of weird. And then you go into a couple of filler episodes after this. And even though one is very a very wacky filler episode, I agree with you. They should have probably pushed this until a little bit later because it would have been less jarring. But... I did enjoy the Shocker Riders, and I th- we've mentioned before that the Shocker Riders feel like they were the prototype to a lot of stuff that we would see later, like Super Sentai. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a it's a popular and I think very effective trope to have an evil double of the hero, and I do think it works very well here. It's ni- It was the whole thing was very nicely paced, and I wish they did more stuff like this on this show. I'm done. I got that done in in about like 50 seconds. So I'm very happy with myself. All right, Drew. Yes, we do finally get to see the end of this arc. And I wish it had been a little later on, but still, let's face it. You had six common writers fight two common writers. And of course, even though the way they defeated them was a touch ridiculous, it was so great. But then (laughs) what do you expect from a guy who will later on grow out of the ground after he was supposedly killed again, which does at least explain how he can do this. Of course, it, it all it all comes down to the fact that secretly this is a common writer is a prototype for Sega Ta Sanshiro Sega Ta Sanshiro Sega Sanshiro. Go play a Sega Saturn, kids. <laughs> wow, that was a little less than forty seconds there. <laughs> You're good at this. I try. I try. Uh, yes, you do. Yes. Even throwing in stupid jokes. <laughs> yes. Yes, you do. All right, and with that, since you keep hitting at it, we're just going to go straight into recording that episode.
<laughs> so thank you, heroes of the internet, for listening to Henshin Men, a Tokusatsu Appreciation Podcast. You can find links to all of our social media in the description of this episode. You can listen to more of Travis on the backlog of the Kaiju Weekly Podcast and listen to more of me on the Monster Island Film Vault and our sister podcast in the Kaiju Ramen Podcast Network, The Power Trip, a journey through the Power Rangers franchise. And where can the good people find you, Drew? You can find me at the Cellcast Podcast, where, where we review animated movies and television shows. We are just finishing up season four of that show. Also, you can catch me on the Cellcast Presents Untangling Kingdom Hearts, where I'm reviewing and analyzing Kingdom Hearts one little story bit at a time. Join me over there. All right. And if you found some enjoyment from this podcast, consider giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Podchaser. While you're at it, go do that for the Cellcast as well. And until next time, what are we going to say, Drew? You know, after Tachibana's training, I bet Hongo and Hayato could feel the burn in their hen shins. Segata Sanshiro, Segata Sanshiro, Sega Sanshiro. This podcast is part of the Kaiju Ramen Podcasting Network and is copyright 2023 Kaiju Ramen Media LLC.